tell other people about your church we have an exceptional church not better than other churches but exceptional you have an exceptional choir you have an exceptional gathering of wonderful folks friendly folks you have an ordinary pastor He gets much fire in that little body. He's got it in <laughs> The exceptional church is so important today. I always wanted our church to, to lead, to be exceptional. I hear some preachers in, in one little church down below us used to say, Preacher, you could give us some of those people that stop by your church if you want to. I said, go get them. They're out there. Get on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. You can fill the church up. You've got to believe that your church is exceptional. And all the things that you have heard about in the last few days and what you have already talked about here today, about Townville and what we know has happened in, in different cities, the horrible crimes that's being committed and the things that are going on. Folks, it's a time for the church not to be mundane and ordinary and normal, but it's time for the church to be exceptional. I mean, we've got a time right now, folks. To let the church really rise up. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. You're exceptional. That's what we want to talk about today. I retired after 27 years of the church. And I always wanted to lead that church and letting you know that you're exceptional. A matter of fact, every October we had a boat. I'd put it on our sign, voted best church in northeast Georgia, and put it on our sign. I'd get telephone calls saying, Preacher, how did y'all get that rating of being the best church in northeast Georgia? I said, we voted on it. (laughs) Every year we did. And here was the vote. All in favor of your 
boat of saying that this is the best church in northeast Georgia. Let it be known by the uplifted hand. Everybody raise their hand and cheering. I said, all opposed, gather your belongings up and go on and get to the church. You think it's exceptional. You're wasting time. You ought to love your church and believe in your church. And so we want to talk about the exceptional church today. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. I know this happens in in a house, but it reminds me of what ought to be in a church. Mark chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And again, Jesus entered into Capernaum. Please stand as we read the word. I got a good sermon on that. I, I've got to, I have to let me come back. Anyway. And again, Jesus entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised about that Jesus was in the house. And immediately many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much about the door, and Jesus preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four, and when they could not come near unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there with reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things among your hearts? Whether it is easier to say unto the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and take up the bed and walk, but you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, Arise, take up your bed, and go thy way unto thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch they all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it. On this fashion, you may be seated. All the things that was going on. They said, we've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything that has transpired like this. They went home thinking but what happened at the gathering where Jesus was. We want to talk about the exceptional things that we can find in these scriptures today that make an exceptional church. And the first thing I see is in verse 1 it says, Jesus entered converting and it was noised about that Jesus was in the house. And so the first thing about an exceptional church, you've got to know that Jesus is present. Amen? You've got to know that. They didn't go out and say, boy, you need to come. Boy, we've got a good singing group over there. You need to come. They didn't go out there and say, boy, you need to be here. Everybody's going to be there. You need to be a part of that. They went out and said, Jesus is going to be here. And so that's the first thing about an exceptional church is about the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to know that he's here. It takes a lot of people to run a church. 
Oh, you already seen a lot of work going on. Somebody leading this thing in the singers and, and those who have already taught Sunday school and those who, who took up the money and, and all those who would make sure everything is ready for worship. And you've got to have the preacher. He's the most important. Well, he, he's, he's the one that you've got to have. You've got to have a preacher. But the main thing we've got to have and then do have in an exceptional church is the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And an exceptional church will go out and say it. You need to come because you can come to our church and you can feel the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's an exceptional church. Man, I got to have that. I had a lady to call me and we had a, all programs of the church. I could have bragged about all our programs of the church because everything was functioning well in a growing church. And she called me. We have just moved in down on the lake. And we were thinking about coming into your church, but we want to know what you have to offer. I have a young girls in the fifth grade and another one's in high school. And, and my mom lives with us. And do you have a senior program? What do, what do you have to offer? She went on, went on, went on. Went, you know, just one of them kind that won't ever let you talk. And when she got through, she finally said, but what do you have to offer us? And I just said, Jesus. Man, if you miss out on him, you can have all the programs in the world. But you've got to have Jesus. And what happens to a lot of churches, they have those things and don't have the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ when you come there. Dear lady, I love this lady. I've seen her many times at... At church, she wasn't a member of my church, but I see her uptown. And, oh, she's just one of them bubbly ladies, senior lady. Preacher, pray for us. You know our church is going through a terrible, terrible split. It's horrible. She's crying, and I said a prayer with her there. I saw her many more times. Oh, preacher, please continue to pray. I saw her again a few months later, and she had a big smile on her face. She come up to me, preacher, preacher. Oh, our church is doing so good. They done let Jesus back in the house. <laughs> Don't forget an exceptional church. Man, you'll talk about him. You won't call him the big man upstairs. You'll say his name, Jesus. It was noised about that Jesus was here. You won't call him anything else, but, but you'll call him Jesus because you know how important it is for people to brag on that name because there is no name under the sun by which men should be saved. And the name of Jesus should be noised about that you can find him here. Jesus. Second thing. Packed out crowds. Boy, I love a crowd. Always loved a crowd. You ever heard a crowd draw a crowd? They had a crowd here. Says they couldn't even get in. Man, I've experienced that. Our church started to grow rapidly, and man, we did everything in the world trying to get people in and overflow rooms and televisions and the back there and took the children out in children's church and everything. And, uh, man, it's a crowd. I loved it. A crowd will draw a crowd. One man came by and he says, my goodness, uh, I had to come see what was going on. I passed by here for, for, for months and I can't hardly get through. We had uh, 80, I counted them, 80 parking places, and we had 120 cars out there one day. You figure, he did the math. 40 cars didn't have a parking place. They were parked on the side of the road. But they solved that, and an exceptional church will have a crowd. You know why? Because Jesus is here. Of all the things that people still need today and think they need within a church and all the programs, it's not buses, it's not vans, it's not groups. It's Jesus, and he's the answer. And when you surround your church with Jesus Christ and let him be in the midst, you'll start to draw a crowd because people 
need Jesus. They had a crowd. They filled the house. And look at all these people that were there. It's not really realistic to think that all these folks had fellowship with one another. They were different. An exceptional church will have different kind of folks, different personalities, different walks of life, different, you know, stages of life or whatever they are, different ages of life. And in this, they had all kinds of folks that were coming here. Some had reasoning in their heart. You notice that? You always have, even in an exceptional church, they hadn't caught on yet, see? They hadn't felt the very presence of Jesus. Oh, if they stick around long enough, they're going to know that Jesus is there like these did. But in a, in a crowd, you have all kinds of folks. You know, the church has talked about, about being a, like the body. You know, the ears, the eyes, the feet and the hands. In a church, you have all kinds. We're, we're like a body. And that even in a, an exceptional church, we all can't be, you know, everybody wants to be just a church to be, you know, we, we can't have an exceptional church because we can't get along. That's not it. God's still working on us. And we can get along. I have a body here. And some of my parts of my body is not in good, you know, distance and fellowship with the rest of my body. I'm glad that my feet don't have a close relationship to my nose. You know what I mean? And sometime in a church like this, you've got all kind of people. That's good. What are they doing here? Thank God they are. That's what we need. And so even all this, an exceptional church sometimes says, we just got so much bigger than going on in the church, we can't have an exceptional church. Oh, yes, you can. You've got to have Jesus in the midst. So they had a packed out crowd. What else did they have? Preaching. Great preaching. It says, Jesus preached the word to them. You notice that? He preached the word to them. He preached the whole counsel of God. He preached about the Father. He preached about the do's and don'ts of this life. He preached about love and mercy and repentance. Boy, that's an old word, isn't it? Need to repent. Jesus preached to them. No preachers ever waxed so eloquently as the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my hero in preaching. Great preaching. There's a lot of great preachers in the world. Y'all know some of them? Some of them tickle the ears of people that when they leave, they'll feel good because they've been in the presence of the preacher. That's not great preaching. Some preachers, they call great preachers, will tell everybody exactly what they want to hear, and when they go, they feel so much better about themselves, they go out into the world. That's not great preaching. I don't ever care about being a great preacher, but I've done some great preaching. You know why I know that? Because here it is, I know a great preacher. His name is Jesus Christ. And I know that Lord Jesus Christ gives me the message He wants me to take to the people. And I don't tell them what they need to hear, what they think they need to hear, but what Jesus wants them to hear. And so the message comes from Him, comes to me, comes to them. And that is what the message should be. The preacher was strutting around one day, getting ready for Sunday morning. And he says to his wife, How many great preachers are there in the world? You know, preacher's wives always had that right answer, don't they? She says to him, one less than you think. 
Boy, we need some great preaching. Let me tell you, uh, I appreciate Kenny. I think this is a good thing that you asked me to come here. Let me let me t- tell you a little testimony. When I got through with Mount Olive Baptist Church, after 27 years of retiring from there, went home, me and my wife, we liked to die. We cried and cried and cried, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. Man, months went by. We went to different churches. I was looking for an exceptional church. Lord laid on my heart, Kenny Owen, one of Westminster. Angie was sick that day, wasn't able to come. I said, Angie, I'm going over to Westminster. I walked into the gym there, and tears started to flow down my eyes when we started singing. I said, this is an exceptional church. God spoke to my heart and helped me out. I needed ministering to. I was empty. I was hurting. I'd been in the glory spot. Folks, you don't understand what the glory spot is all about. To be able to tell people that Jesus Christ is Lord and give the invitation and watch them come down and accept Him as Lord and Savior, knowing that you have given the message that Jesus wants you to give. It's the greatest thing in the world. And I miss the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in the pulpit delivering that word. You know what I'm talking about. It's a glory thing. It's not that you know anything that we can brag on. It's just what God has called us to do and what God pours out on our heart. And that day when Kenny spoke to me, he preached the word to me. Exactly what I... And I was a changed man. I started to get better after that. Surely did. And I appreciate it. You don't know that, but I appreciate it. I said, I, Angie, I found an exceptional church. And I came back and visited many times after that until I started getting some interims and going around and preaching in different places. But I thank you. Thank you for your great preaching. Had displays of great faith. It says four men here brought this man to Jesus. Four men decided that somebody needed to get together and bring this man to Jesus. Four men. The first one's name is Concern. Concern says, Do you know, brother, so-and-so, he's crippled, and I know he would love to go to hear Jesus. Cooperation says, well, why can't we four get a stretcher and take him to see Jesus? Committed says, I'll do it. We'll go all the way. We won't stop until we get this man to Jesus. Encouraged says, well, there's a crowd, but let's do something different. Let's do something exceptional. Let's climb up on the roof and tear up the roof and let this man down to Jesus so he can get to Jesus. Folks, that's what a display of great faith is. And that's what makes an exceptional church. That's when you stand up and when there's no way that you decide that you're going to be concerned about people to bring them to Jesus. And then you had to jump on the bandwagon and be cooperative that you say, I want to hold on to something that's good and bringing people to Jesus. And you get in there to be committed to say, I'm going to be a part of that and we're going to see it done and nothing is going to stop us and then have the courage enough not do what other churches do 
be normal. You know what normal is. Boy, I, 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 don't, I can't even stand the word normal. Normal is the best of the worst and the worst of the best. That's what normal is. But be exceptional. And you believe that Jesus can do things and you can do things and he can use you and show your great displays of faith. That makes an exceptional church. Healings. That's what happened in the scriptures. See that in verse 5? Thy sins be forgiven thee. Jesus did something wonderful. He looked at this man and everybody else says, oh, look at him. He's, he's crippled. How sad. But Jesus says, as he looked at him, thy sins be forgiven you. You see, Jesus saw something that the other people didn't see. He saw a disease that was worse than him being crippled. He saw that he had a sin disease. An exceptional church will look on past the prayer list. And you ought to have the prayer list. Thank God. God's healed me. He's healed many of you. We ought to have the prayer list. But we ought to look further than that to look on and understand that Jesus is still in the business forgive sins. And he shows them that. And these folks that are sitting around looking and saying, well, my goodness, it looks like to me that he first of all would, can't he see him in this condition that he ought to heal his body? They'd have to understand, well, Jesus must think there's something else important. And when the Jesus says, your sin's forgiven thee, listen, some of the people say, well, I'm sitting here and I'm not crippled, but they can't say that I'm sitting here without sin. And they know that they have a problem also, so Jesus calls their attention to that. And folks, the exceptional church is one who always comes to Jesus knowing that he's ready to forgive sin for all of us. That we come to him. God, please him, heal him and me from my sin. So Jesus points that out, how important that is. An exceptional church will understand that we just don't need to bring our sins and come as we are and leave like we came, but we are to leave them at Jesus because he's still ready in an exceptional church to forgive sin. Something else I find here. That's in an exceptional church. Discussions being settled. Jesus looked at these folks, had reasoning in their hearts. They're sitting there. You know how people do. They scope out the situation. Just don't understand it. What's going on? And the, the gathering just don't understand it. What the people are going to they're missing all the things in an exceptional church by trying to push their own agenda. In an exceptional church, there is only one agenda. His name is Jesus. That's it. I didn't get everything I want wanted in every meeting. Did you know that? Sometimes I'm a little bit huffy too. Sometimes preachers get that way. But, but folks, that's all right. Jesus wanted them to know that he was the authority and he was in control. And he says, well, I want to ask you a question. Which is easier? To say your sin forgiven or rise up and walk? Doesn't that take a supernatural entity? Doesn't that take a supernatural God? I am he. I am the authority in this place. And I can cause it to happen where I say thy sin is forgiven. But I want to show you something. That you may know. I have the power to forgive sins. Rise up and walk. 
And he did. If he's got the power to cause a person to be healed, he's got the power to cause a person to be saved and forgiveness of sin. And he settled discussions. Folks, I love it. In an exceptional church, you know, we're always going to have little problems and troubles. I used to, we were called the happy church. Okay? We, we named ourselves the happy church. We had big billboards and everywhere in Hartwell. If you ever came to Hartwell, you saw the billboards. Uh, happiness is a choice. You, the happy church. And happiness was a, is a choice, I believe. You, you can choose to be happy. But even in the happy church, sometimes there's little struggles, little problems. And I liked it. Because it gave us an opportunity to ask Jesus what we ought to do. We don't know. We can just figure out. And he comes with the Holy Spirit and leads and guides us to understand that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And we turn it over to him and get through it and still remain the exceptional church because the devil wants to knock down the exceptional church that we might be mundane and like everybody else. But Jesus is still the answer in this. The last thing. Well, that's one you're waiting on one. People leaving encourage. We've never seen it on this fashion. Country boy says, we ain't never seen anything like this or nothing like this. (laughs) Well, that's what I want to hear in the church. They anticipated, and anticipation is a wonderful thing in the exceptional church. Anticipate something's going to happen. Believe that something is going to happen at the invitation because you've worked and you've been the exceptional church everywhere you went. And believe and pray that, oh boy, it's about to be the most important part of, of the church service, the invitation, and expect something. Now, these folks came expecting something. They, they brought the crowd there. They expected something to happen. Jesus was there. They expected certain things to happen because they brought the sick. They expected certain things to happen because they were there to hear the word. They expected certain things, but Jesus went above and beyond their expectations. That when they left, they said, we ain't never seen anything like this. Never seen it like this. That's what an exceptional church does. We had a, our ministry of music was going to have a week off. And I said, okay, well, I'll find somebody to help us out. Penn has come told me that, okay, she's going to be off that same week. I said, my goodness, everybody's quitting on me. And so I called up a friend that, in between churches, and he does uh, part-time. Asked him, would he come help us? He said, certainly, I'll come help you. I said, boy, that's pretty good. Got me another pianist to fill the spot. I had an average sermon that day. Most of them are average. But uh, I had just that. Now, now, brother, every once in a while, we know that, boy, we, we, God doesn't give us one, boy, we done put it together. We get up here on Sunday morning. We're ready, boy. When we get to that word, every one of y'all, deacons and all, going to get saved. That's what we believe. <laughs> but this wasn't one of those sermons, okay? It was just one of the sermons. I said, okay, Lord, you know, going about a different minister, music, and different pianists, and music's going to be a little different today, and I'm, I'm going to preach the word today, you know? So. Not a lot of expectation when I preached the word and we got through the music, did pretty good. And I gave the invitation. Usually we want to sing two verses of, of the invitation. If nobody comes on the second verse, you know, we don't want to hold it over. So we kind of push down the invitation just a little bit because we've got to get on with it. 
Uh, everybody's looking at their watches. They're ready to go. They're ready to eat and so forth like that. So we don't want to hold anybody too long. And so we kind of hurry up and get We'll see. Second verse. Closing Bible. We're getting everything ready for second verse. And we were singing. I can't remember what the song was. But it was about through the last verse. I was ready to go, you know. I wasn't. And here come a young teenager. Met him down here. Grabbed him by the hand. He told me, I need Jesus as my Savior. I prayed. Stop the music. Prayed. Dear Lord. He prayed after me. Come into my heart. Save me from my sin and so forth. All right. Lord spoke to me and said, sing another verse. I said, brother, can we sing another verse? Sung another verse. And by the time two people came out from the back, come down to the steps, wanted to join the church. We love your church. We want to be a part of it. Thank the Lord. Lord spoke to me. He said, sing another verse. I said, brother, you mind singing another verse? Sing another verse. Another gentleman come down, older gentleman, accepted the Lord that day. Led him to order. I said, my goodness. Y'all care if we sing another verse? We sung another verse. Two more people came down and joined the church. We sang 15 verses. Didn't change. Sometimes you change the song. Don't change anything. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> Keep on singing. Let's sing it. But the people stopped coming. We had seven salvations, 15 additions that Sunday morning. From an average sermon, from a person that's filling in, he said this, he had the time of his life. He wanted me to hire him after that. <laughs> I said, I already got one. <laughs> We've never seen it like that. I've never seen anything like it. See, the exceptional church will have those moments. I mean, you, you might not have them every Sunday, but occasionally, you know what I'm talking about. It's when the Spirit of God, when Jesus Christ manifests Himself in such a way, when people will know that they need to come to Jesus and come to Jesus now. And they do it. Folks, it's so important that our, our, our time, our time is drawing near to a conclusion. You that are older at my age and older I know that our world is changing and I'm frankly without Jesus Christ I'd be scared to death we can't go out like we used to go out we have to make sure that our doors are locked even more than they ever have we worry about where to travel and how to travel and what's going to go on and we're worried about who's going to be in leadership of our great country and we look around and see all the things that's going on and things that we hear and, and the people were so disrespectful in our world. Things have changed so dramatically. It's time for the church to not be normal, but to continue to be exceptional. That we may do something. Hey folks, the, the answer is not in not in the presidency. I say it's gonna get worse now. The answer not a president, but a king. His name is Jesus. And there is no entity outside the church that's going to save and help this world. And it needs to be an exceptional church. You've got one. Thank God for it. But you've got to step it up. And maybe you need to do something today to say, I want to be a part of this church in a better way. Maybe you need to be like one of these men. I need to be a little bit more concerned about bringing people to Jesus. Maybe you need to have commitment. I need to be a little bit more committed. 
I need to cooperate just a little bit more. I need to have the courage. Well, we've got a lot of courageous people in this world. It's time for the people of God to be courageous. Stand strong and stand tall. If he's worth it, you need to do it. People need the Lord. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for proving your love on Calvary's cross. We know, Heavenly Father, that you are the answer. We believe that you are our greatest need in our world. Lord, I see the senseless killings. So many families that are distraught and hurting. God, I still know that you can help. You can heal And God, you can raise that one up, Lord, that will be better because he's been in your presence. You're here to forgive sin. If there's one here that never has accepted you as Lord and Savior, what a good day it is, this day of homecoming. That they might come come back to where they need to be, come home to you, Father. And Father, for others, Lord, that need to just step it up to be a part of this exceptional church, Lord. I just ask that you just minister to us, visit from heart to heart, from pew to pew, Lord, and do your work. Lord, you are here. May we all be obedient, Lord, to what you would ask us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.